1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sky Sports Fantasy Football Game Week 32 Preview. Uh, As ever, I'm joined by my mate Niall, who is absolutely flying. Niall, how's it going?
0: Yes, uh, a real change in fortune since the last time we spoke, Luke. So I think two weeks is a long time in fantasy football, as, as you'll know. And I think I've gone from somewhere between kind of around 1,200 and 1,400 to 300. And as I check my live team, 350th in the space of two weeks, which is which is ridiculous, and I'm not going to lie, there's been some good fortune involved in it, but it does just show in this game that you can roll the dice as long as you're not being crazy, the returns can happen. And again, I'm going to caveat it with you need to have some luck as well, and and I have been quite lucky. Um, yeah. But we can go into what's happened in that period in a bit. But um, I think it's been an interesting couple of weeks in Sky. Obviously, I'm going to say that, but I think what I've noticed is. The template has really been smashed open. Um, I mean, looking at people's teams now, I think there's a lot of variation in Mm. who everyone has, which I think is a good thing and will actually set up the last eight or nine weeks of the season in the best way possible for excitement. Um, So there's still a lot to play for and it just shows that even if you are further down the rankings, there is a way back. You can claw yourself back into it. Um, but you're going to have to take risks. And, and and maybe we're probably two quite interesting case studies, right? Because we've both taken gambles. Your gambles have probably not paid off and mine have paid off. And it's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, exactly that really. Um, wasn't happy sitting where we were. And if we'd have carried on playing the way, I'm still convinced I would have been. Uh, In the end, I've ended up around well because my gambles have actually done well, but my main gamble, which was to go Sun over Kane, has not been good. Basically, Sun's been fine; he's been he's been getting points nearly every week, but Kane's obviously been hitting, you know, man of the match and braces most of the time, and these people's armbands. So all the points are making up elsewhere in my team, which have been good transfers. Like I think we were just talking just before we went live, and. Obviously, I'm, I want to ask you which ones you've made, because you've absolutely flown. But I, I bought in Saka. You know, you talked about the template being um, decimated over the last few weeks. So I did that quite early, um, so he's he's been really good for me. Been fantastic. You know, in previous season, Saka's always looked like he could be a sky option, but he's never quite made it. I thought. You know he's always on the brink of maybe just being rotated and being one of these two-two-two midfielders because he doesn't really have anything else to be if he doesn't get a goal or an assist he doesn't usually pick up points and that's still somewhat the case but i think he's so influential for arsenal right now that he often finds a way to pick up either tackles or shots or something he's just so heavily involved in games that he's he's elevated his game at the moment so he's definitely one to watch out for for next season as well obviously he's at that age where you think he's only gonna get better and better um had Thiago Silva, had Rudiger, went for the double Chelsea, so not great in the end because they only kept one clean sheet and then Rudiger ended up getting benched one of them, Silva ended, ended up getting benched one of them, so Chelsea kind of upset me a bit, but when they did play, they got the 10-pointers as usual. Um, yeah, I've had Trent Alexander-Arnold, Laporte, everything, but the, like you said, the 10 I think quite a few people jumped off Cancelo because of the issue with um, him being sick and him being out and just the way the fixtures felt it kind of made sense and he's obviously a very highly owned player. You've had Bowen, you've had Gallagher, I jumped off of both of these guys. I jumped off of all of them quite early a couple of weeks ago, and that's all worked out. Everyone that I've bought in has done a lot better. It's just really been this Kane something that's um, that's held me back from progressing really, which is frustrating. But I think if that had gone the other way, if Sun had absolutely fired and Kane didn't, then I would have you know absolutely flown up the ranks. So I have no regrets in doing so. Um, and like I say, if I was in the top hundred, I would have gone Kane all day because he's always the better Sky pick. But anyway, enough about me. So yeah, talk talk through sort of some of your main moves that have made you. I know one of them and it's been absolutely godly. I think I really wanted to get him in an FPL and I couldn't afford him. And he's just, I think he's scored in every game since. And it's been that main man for Chelsea up front, isn't it? So the team that have been responsible for affecting our seasons very badly at the beginning, you switched to the attack and it's done you well.
0: Absolutely. So I think I probably can go back to the end of February when this whole like, chain of events kicked in. So, um. I actually captained Jose Sa, brought him in, captained him against West Ham in the game that they actually lost 1-0, but, you know, instead of, everyone was on board that day. So I was thinking at this point, like, I'm going to try and be a little bit more aggressive with, with the captaincies. Um I then brought in Tielemans for that Burnley game. He did dreadfully, and I thought, and obviously Pope got that you know, pretty dubious man of the match award, and I'm thinking at this point, well, you know, it actually just, encouraged me to double down even more. Mm-hmm. So when I saw the, the, the fixtures coming round, the, the two potential Chelsea captaincies, as soon as I saw that in the first game, Rudiger was on the bench, now I was considering this move anyway, but with the rumours around Cancelo being ill and maybe not making it for the Monday, and with the two you know, very obvious Chelsea captaincies to come, with Rudiger being benched, I just thought, didn't think there was an obvious standout option. And so, the question marks around Cancelo, I just thought, look, I'll transfer Cancelo out, bring in a Chelsea player for two games, captain them both games, and then I'll bring Cancelo back in. If he starts and if he doesn't, then great, because everyone else is going to have to make a transfer to, to bring someone else in. Mm. He ended up starting, which was fine, and I, I held my nerve, I did bring him back in. But in the in the meantime, I brought in Haverbs, so while everyone else, I think, probably went on Rudiger and went on Thiago Silva and ended up missing one of, one of those two games, Um, Havertz played both and I think between the two captains he's got 60 points so it just it's crazy so it just shows that I leapt up yeah so I think I was 984th coming into um, last week so before Thursday night and after bringing in Havertz captain twice shot up and it wasn't just Havertz so I also brought in Saka I've got um, Ramsey and Coutinho from Villa I've got double Liverpool defence double Wolves defence Who've done really well over the last kind of couple of weeks. Mm. So I think basically all I've done is I've just ploughed all my transfers that I'd saved up into teams that had extra games, and I've been quite fortunate in the way that they've paid off. And then plus the Havertz captaincy's taken me up to the highest position I've been all season, and hopefully the lowest they'll be between
1: there and the end. I've no doubt. You always find a way to make it up there. So I think it's incredible. I really love that that can happen, you know, still can happen. Because I think in the community, people have been quite vocal. Some other pods have listened to and just people in general like saying, I'm doing all these good moves, but of course other people are doing them and are not really moving anywhere in rank. And that's happened for me and for a lot of other people. And, um, yeah, it's still possible. Obviously, you need to find those right people. I think Havertz was just was a really good pick for that, for this, the run at the end of the day. He's a midfielder playing up front. So, and he is... He is very good when he gets in the flow. We know that last season, I think from once he came in from December, he was highest of all players for expected goal involvement from the back end. So we know it was always there. It was just the Lukaku signing kind of pushed him back a bit and he had COVID and other issues where he didn't start the season quite as well. But he's flying now. Um, and it's just fantastic to see that you can get that many points in a short window that no one else has. And that's what makes you fly up the rank. And I think there's sort of been... you know, A lot of these players are quite well-owned. But I think in general, I think Saka... Coutinho, who I haven't had, who's done very well. Um, Kane as captain, and then obviously if you've got that habit, so I don't think it would be popular, but that was like an extra one for you. I think if you've got sort of two or three of those guys, then obviously you've probably done very very well. Mainly, I'd say Coutinho. You know, Coutinho, I think most people have got Kane anyway, so Coutinho is that extra one, and Saka maybe. If you've got sort of one or two of those extras on top, um, or any of these Spurs guys, then you've 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 probably done pretty well. Um, and there's more opportunities to come obviously we have got the fixtures recently as well for the april games coming up um and like you say the template just seems a lot different i mean i've got a different midfield than i had completely yeah i seem to be using a lot of my transfers there because Salah's almost a permanent fixture out front right then you've got one of the spurs guys up front and then either people haven't got a third striker or like me and you had broha so the transfers seem to have been in midfield at the moment i think defense yeah. is a little bit in defense maybe and um it's always risky when it comes to the midfielders it? we don't particularly like them in sky most of the time but some of them have proven that they can do well and i'm sure there's more opportunities to come as well
0: i think you're right and i think if you look at the last few weeks you know some of the best players in the game have been midfielders we've talked about Ramsey Saka's done well Coutinho's done well um i know that you know Kulusevski, a number of people have had him he's done well i'm probably missing some others too. Havertz jesus how could i forget him so <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, there's and others, too. I mean, De Bruyne had a big call recently as well. De Bruyne's so, been great, yeah, he's been really good. I, th- I think what we're starting to see is, and this is the, the formula I took, and I, we talked about this on the pod, you know, a few weeks back. I'm not going to gamble against Cancelo. I'm not going to gamble against Salah in prime games. You know, I'm not going to try and not to gamble against Kane, although I do agree that Son's probably the, the best fodder if you're going to gamble against Kane, that I'm not going to take decisions that are outrageous, but and given the opportunity when, you know, I think the highest captain probably last week was uh, on the days that Havertz hauled, were probably like Rafinha and Ward-Prowse. Mm. Days like days like that, I think, are, are you know, where you can start to yeah. look at rolling the dice a bit. And that's uh, what we
1: said on our last pod in the pod before as well, right? And these are the ones to pick and you just need that extra bit of luck that they actually fired, don't you? So, yeah, it's, it's great that that's happened. I'm actually just briefly, while I remember, going to mention another name in midfield that I don't think anyone's talking about. Who um, could potentially be an option? He's starting again tonight, and he plays for Liverpool up front. And he's a midfielder. I don't know if you noticed, but Diaz is only nine million, and he's in midfield. It feels very Havertzy to me, you know, like that midfielder is essentially a striker, um, and obviously quite explosive. Now, I think there's a little bit of issue around his, you know, starting berth when everyone's completely fully fit. I mean, does he just completely replace Jota? Because Jota had an injury, let's not forget. But he's been sensational, hasn't he? He's been so good. And I think all the other three are actually strikers in the game. Even Jota's 9.4 million striker, whereas Diaz is a 9 million midfielder. I feel like the fixtures haven't really lent themselves to to necessarily going there, but Liverpool have got a a double game week in FPL terms coming up soon. Um, I think he's another name in midfield that people could look at. That's quite a a way to people are sort of searching for ways to move up the field. I think Diaz is cheeky. I mean, he looks like he's man of the match every time he takes to the pitch, to be honest. He's so electric.
0: Yeah, he's, he's mercurial, isn't he? And I, and I think if you're looking at Liverpool assets, obviously they've got the game. You know, we're actually recording this when the football's going on uh, tonight on on Wednesday night. Um, but they've not got a game until eight, until early April now. But they do play, I think, on the 10th of April, which is the Sunday against City. I think that could be subject to change depending on the Champions League draw. But if that goes ahead on the Sunday, you could bring them in then. Then you've you know that's a great opportunity to load up on them. Again, and then they put that that midweek game um the the week after so yeah i think he's he's a good option and I, and i think you know may, maybe I would captain him over Salah, but I, probably not but no, i think there are um, goes alongside him i think i think him, score high
1: yeah i mean people have got Trent in their team or maybe they don't you know they' it's okay to have a double I think from the best teams right like City, Chelsea and Liverpool I don't think that's necessarily a problem and he's not expensive enough where you think where you're losing out another captain you know 9 million midfielder he's not much more expensive than the likes of I mean, Rodri's like 8.7 for example it's barely anything on top of him Um, they actually play that Saturday don't they um, home to Watford is their next game on the 2nd of April and we get to see the lineups so that's another interesting entry point but we won't get obviously anyone else you can't switch anyone else out for him because it's the first game but um people could... yeah i mean you never
0: know what's going to happen during the international break right i mean this is true, this is true. there's always a, an injury or two but yeah i think i think he's he's right up there in terms of options and i know that you've got a number of others that you've had a look at and you've been using the the new tools on the scout website to to delve into the data a bit so we can talk about that a bit later
1: yeah yeah we'll, we'll pick up on that a little bit later in terms of who you're looking to get in then for these fixtures obviously we have got the fixtures now um for quite a way and there's a few iffy, shall I say, individual days. Um, and it's going to depend on who's in your team already, I think. But there's um, there's some obvious teams there in terms of they have multiple of these. I think Everton's one of them, which happens, in fact, tomorrow, Thursday, the 17th, we've got Everton versus Newcastle, which is a good place to start us off as a solo match day. Now, I don't have any of those players in my team. Um, and I don't actually plan to get any of them either. Well, despite Newcastle, i have actually been pretty damn good of late so you know maybe that they could be an option um, but they also have other individual days coming up don't they? Certainly Everton they've got Wednesday the 6th of April um, as well, in fact let me bring it up on the screen while I'm talking to you that's easier so we've got game week 31 in Sky there Everton versus Newcastle mm-hmm. 32 is the blank week where barely any teams play and then we've got game week 34 where Everton have got this uh, double game again they play away to West Ham and then they play a way to Burnley, so if you haven't got a Burnley asset, Everton then can cover you for the, the two games. So two games and two as captain, so effectively four, you know, occasions where you'd have someone playing. It makes sense to probably get one, but they're so bad <laughs> they're so bad and they don't have any options so what do you think what's your thinking because i'm sure a lot of people will be in that same situation on that note as yeah. well sorry just to touch game week 35 newcastle play wolves so if you haven't got a wolves player maybe you could do the same with newcastle and then they also have the four so i think what a newcastle or an everton player depending on whether you've got a wolves or a burnley player does kind of make sense so what are your thoughts there
0: yeah so i think clearly those who don't have a Wolves player you're going to be looking at a newcastle asset right because that's going to cover you off for the thursday game tomorrow and it'll cover you off for that friday night game in a, in a couple of weeks but i think most people probably have a wolves player i know kilman's quite highly owned yeah chosen is relatively highly owned um so so but so i think clearly everton have a number of games and you know you could have probably picked two teams that you don't that don't really appeal i mean I, I don't think particularly everton like defensively they're awful you just discount their whole defense. I think the highest-scoring defender has got something like sixty points all season, which is just ridiculous. Mm. Um, and then even if you look at the other players they've got, I mean, Rashad Lawson, you'd think you know, is the got the highest ceiling. I think he's scored sixty-five points this season, which is absolutely bonkers. I and mean, he's played the majority of games, yeah. so there's no excuse. That's and like, then
1: that's like seven games for Laporte. Base. Yeah, that's the it's, equivalent yeah. of of pretty much. It's it's shockingly
0: bad. It's that it is it is that bad? So I think for me that in the for- the fortunate position I mean is I've got Jose Sa and goal, which he's obviously done well, but I need to keep him for that Friday night game. Yeah, so then you game. can't
1: get the Pope in, which is the obvious pick for Burnley, right? So it's a tricky. Treat- yeah. I've, I've, I've got the same situation there. Which so, is- so Pope's
0: the obvious choice for Burnley. But I think what I would do, honestly, like in the spirit of let's try and play for the players with the highest ceilings. If i am going to bring in an everton player like and i know he's been there's been doubts about them it's been injury and COVID, and appearing in front of the court this week but um if, if calvert lewin was to hypothetically start tomorrow night i think i would bring him in really? um okay and that sounds crazy but thing is even if they do very little and just pick up two points and i captain him twice he's gonna i wouldn't say it justifies the transfer but it's it's enough points that you don't feel as if you've completely wasted one yeah, so I think just, that's where I would go if he doesn't start,
1: attrition, right? that's pretty pretty much. Much.
0: if he doesn't start tomorrow, I'm thinking about this a little bit, if he doesn't start tomorrow, but there's a chance that he's back at some point, the problem I've got is that I've already taken Broja out. So I would need to take a, a player that I genuinely want from my team. So probably a Liverpool or a Man City asset out. I don't fancy doing that before they play against Watford and Burnley respectively but if you look with Everton so I don't actually even mind skipping tomorrow I, I, I think the game's dismal but you're probably going to need an Everton player at some point for that Wednesday game and they've got a couple of other games stacked in there so I think I might even hold off now and bring in a Everton player on the 3rd of April when you get a three for none on Liverpool and Man City um, and that would include the captaincy against Burnley so there's the risk element element's not There because at the moment I would have to take out probably Cancelo or Trent, Mm. and they're playing against Burnley and Watford. Trent Trent could score more points in that game against Watford than DCL might score across the whole of the four games or any of the Everton players. But if you are in a situation where a lot of people are, where they've got maybe Ward Prowse or Brozier, I think from Everton's point of view, maybe look at Anthony Gordon. I can't believe I'm even recommending this guy, but. Yeah, he's got a couple of decent enough balls at home at home this season. He's cheap enough. He's not massively exciting, but if you're looking to do, you know, a sideways move, maybe opens up some budget. He's there. And then on the Newcastle side, I think probably Saint Maximan is the most explosive, high ceiling, given his man of the match appeal. To be honest, and then- he's the only
1: one I would get from Newcastle. I think you're always going to get it. Um- I see what you're saying and I usually am on the side of like if you've got sort of you know just amount of games and you've got captains even if they're blank you're generally going to benefit from the transfer because if we say a transfer is like roughly 15 points you're already halfway there just for them appearing but I just think in the case of Everton I just think it really does depend on who you're taking out you know and like you said there's a few names there like Broha and Ward-Prowse and stuff maybe not the best for the upcoming games I can understand that but I think if you're doing it just to cover it and you're taking out you know a player like laporte or a man city player or something like that who in one game can get you 10 points straight away is just an absolute no for me and i've got limited transfers so my plan really is to get a burnley player um maybe wear for, course for Broha again who did did me well to be fair i'm not uh, in this first few hey, games man. at least and that covers off that game so i would just avoid <laughs> like you say, the game Everton-Newcastle not particularly appealing and then just have him later on and then later down the line also do Sar Pope. That's what I'm thinking of doing personally. Yeah. But I think I don't think you have to cover Everton by any means. I think you can just leave it. I just don't think any of their assets are good enough. I think if I had to pick one, you know, Calvert-Lewin is obviously the ceiling player, but he we just don't know what's going on with him. Um, and it would be Gordon. I just don't see anyone else apart from Gordon. He's, he's got the set pieces. He's been playing well. He's only a kid. Uh, he's actually in 4% of the top 1K, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting you two and one point this most week. If you look through his history, he is basically a series of twos and ones continuously, and then he's got two massive hauls in there, a 17-pointer versus Brighton, and a 19-pointer versus Leeds. So yep. He can get them, but that applies to any any player in the game can get something like that on a random day. So it's more just that the minimum amount I'd want to invest in Everton, if you know what I mean. And we always say if you're gonna use your punts, it's usually a midfield. However, this season it's kind of been more you know, if you're gonna punt, it's probably more in your striker position or as your third striker, I think. And that's what Calvin probably for a little bit better. Possibly
0: the the only concern I'd flag up about Gordon is Lampard tends to play the four three three or three four three and so if you're assuming that is going to start you've got gray back if dcl comes back in that only leaves you know three places for four players if you include gordon as well
1: yeah i think he's been so, playing well enough it's gray's coming back yeah there's there's enough there's enough of a, a a concern there to think that he might miss the odd one you're right and when he a, seems a pretty poor option as it is that's why i'm just not going to go there i just think if ever yeah. would it would probably be him but yeah, for Newcastle, St Maximum does still appeal for me. He's obviously been out for a little while, so he slips out of your mind a little bit, but let's not forget he's actually been pretty damn good all season as a pick, to be honest. Um, you know, and he is obviously absolutely electric. He just, you know, man of the match just by taking to the pitch in most games. game- game like that versus Everton if he plays, I don't have any doubt that he's gonna be he's gonna be man of the match. Um yeah, he's 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 done well. He's actually pretty high in the point scoring considering the, the minimum amount of games he had. That's the other thing with him, though. You're just never really that confident in terms of if you were to bring him in a sustained period of playing. He just seems to pick up injuries a lot, doesn't he? So it's another slight concern. Anyway, I think we've done
0: Everton, Newcastle to death. Let's- yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. The bottom line is there aren't have many options, um and the only other one I would have thought of it was Chris Wood. But then no. I think he's has oh, have one shot on target in about the last six weeks, so <laughs> probably probably not.
1: No, no, this doesn't really appeal. Um, we can just bri- briefly rush through game week 32 because it's obviously a very small week. I, I just wanted to add on this now, I've seen a few people on Twitter, uh, maybe it's the FPL thinking of, you know, I've only got a few players this week, um, you know, it's going to be a bad week. Well, yeah, it, it could be, but I think nearly everyone else is probably in that same situation. I don't think you need to rush to bring players in. It's all about amount of games left at this period of time. It yeah. makes no difference. We haven't got any wild cards to fix it. There's no chips like in FPL or anything. So it's simply... You know, does my player have a quantity of games left? And you know, obviously, do does, do I have coverage for the captains on the individual days? As long as you've got that, then I don't think there's any need to panic and go, "Oh, I've only got seven players playing this week. Let me get two Leicester in, for example." Just you don't need to worry about that at all. Um, quantity and obviously the quality of player is just is just far more important for me. So, Wolves and Leeds, I've got Rafinha and I've got Saar, so um, I'm well covered for that week. Uh, that, that Friday night, I should say. So for me, I'm not even sure which one would be the better option. Do you have any preference there? I don't know. If you, I think you probably have both as well, don't you?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I, probably, no, I think I'm probably on, on the fence. I'm not sure. What what are you thinking?
1: Well, Sar has actually just been really, he, I think he'll pick up saves in this game, which he always does. Yeah. So he feels quite secure. Um, and Leeds have been struggling for goals. The thing is, they had that, obviously that last minute win against Norwich. They need to win. And Bamford looks like he's back as well. So will will Wolves' heart be in it as much as Leeds? Maybe that's not a factor. But Wolves don't need to... We're getting towards the end of part of the season where Wolves don't really need to bother. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Whereas Leeds really do need to bother. So part of me just wants to go Rafinha because it's the more exciting pick. But in the very small amount of time we've seen under the new manager, he does seem to be... He was... I mean, he should have scored like... What two goals three assists in his last game but outside that he's looked a little bit out of sorts so it's it's a hard one to gauge I honestly don't know I think I'm going to go Rafinha just because I feel like Leeds will probably score and if if Saar gets bonus points Rafinha's also got a chance of being involved in that goal or getting bonus points himself um, I think just with shots or whatever the way he was involved so slightly on Rafinha but I don't think there's much in it that's fair enough
0: I think I probably on balance would go for Jose Saar just because he's got the saves potential and if they do keep a clean sheet then he's going to get extra points he's going to get the nine yep. isn't he yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i think i think that's where i would go but i think if i if i was in your situation with rafinha i think i think it's a difficult one because i think the captain's will be split um but i think rafinha has got the, the highest ceiling versus a, a killman or you know
1: i think a lot of other people have got killman so in my mind i think most people will go for rafinha on the basis that Wolves defenders don't usually always get passing bonus, and against Leeds, it's one of the most troubling right ones in the in the league. So, I think a lot of people will be on Rafinha. So I could I could use that to my advantage, and therefore go with Sa to try and you know obviously go up on the crowd. But I think I think Rafinha is probably just the sensible play to be honest. Um, Saturday the nineteenth is Villa versus Arsenal. T- tough game. Both these teams playing very well. It's a hard one to call really. Um, I've got Saka on my team. I wish I had Coutinho on my team, but I don't. Um, yeah, if you ever, I think some people have probably got Gabriel, maybe even a Lacazette floating around, or Ramsey. Is there any particular choice that stands out? I'll, I'll just be on Saka because
0: I don't have any other options. I've got Saka, Coutinho, and Ramsey. So my whole midfield's playing in this game. Um, I think I'm probably leaning towards Coutinho. I just think he's got that man of the match appeal. I feel like get a result, and he he looks like he plays all right. He's the he's the first choice man of the match from them. I think we saw recently, like. The game against Leeds when he got that kind of scabby goal. I'm not saying he didn't play well, but Matty Cash looked like the game of his life, and Coutinho, and Coutinho still got man of the match. So, yeah, I think it's I think I probably, um, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out. I mean, again, you could say like anyone's who got Ramsdale, Gabriel, Saka, uh, Coutinho, Ramsey, all of them.
1: You just captain over you've got, don't you? I, I do agree with you though. I think Coutinho is probably the the, the best pick in this game, just because it's the home game, and like you say, it's a, he's a big game player, usually Coutinho, isn't he? And it's it's a very tough game, but I feel like if he does anything at all, it's man of the match. I think him or Saka's fine, or any of those options. Sunday the 20th of March, um I've got obviously Sun, most people have Kane, I think that's just an obvious one, isn't it? I think Leicester-Brentford's a decent game on paper for Leicester, but Brentford have been playing well recently, and Leicester, you never know what you're going to get, so I think you just go just go Kane, don't you? Simple as that. Yeah. Straightforward. Very straightforward, that one. It is indeed. So let's just quickly rifle through some of these other games. Game week 33 is obviously a, a blank in sky. We don't have any any fixtures at all. And then we've got this tricky game week 34 where uh, we've got this extra game for Burnley and Everton on the end. Uh, I'm not going to talk about who you're going to captain on the Saturday because there's just too many games. We just go through, in terms of what players you're looking to pick up or whatever, the tricky ones Kane covers the Newcastle game on Sunday the 3rd and we've got Monday the 4th which is Palace and Arsenal, most people will have an Arsenal player now so you're just going to want to, you know, Ramsdale Saka, whoever you want, is probably going to be there and Gallagher's there for still some people isn't he which is, he seems to do well in the big games picked up man of the match against Man City again, in slightly controversial circumstances Um, yeah, and then we've got Wednesday the 6th of April where this is where I'll probably look to bring Pope in um, uh, sorry, Workhorse then, or, or the week before, I can't remember where it is the timing now, so I'll probably be on Workhorse then. I think most people will be on Pope, which is a scary thought, because any time you don't have Pope and it's a single match day and you need him to concede, he never does. He literally will get 40 points or something, so we, I'm going to be we terrified. Both
0: been, we've both been burned by that, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Pope I think is a sensible was- player here. I think' that I will go Pope eventually, so I think with sa I'll keep Sa for that that Friday night game that he's got, and then I'll probably mm. shift him on to Pope for the game against Norwich, which is fine. Um, do, yeah. Wolves' games turn a little bit after that, and they've got the great thing about wolves is bringing them in. They've had like all their games have been stacked like early, so I think towards the end of the season they'll probably have fewer games than than other teams such as Burnley. so it's a good it'll be a good time to make that move. It's just unfortunate the way the games the way the games lie. And so, hence why I think I'm probably going to get an Everton player that's going to cover that first match, which means I'll be hiding behind the sofa with Pope threatening another 14 point haul, the captain. 95. <laughs> it's, it's already
1: written. I'm telling you yeah. now, he's already getting that.
0: <laughs> but it's, I mean, that's such as such as the game. That's the way things go sometimes. But I think um, I do I don't know if you want to continue going through the fixtures, but I think um, something I wanted to address was. You've seen a lot of, i've seen a lot of people on social media this week saying um oh you know transfers transfers are not there to be used now the like opportunities have gone um you know it, if you've got lots of transfers left there's you know you're going to find hard hard things to do with it because the fixtures haven't really wielded like that many single match days but yeah. I, I i couldn't disagree more i think there are going to be a lot more that come out and even without those of abundance of single match days for example loads of games like burnley everton dotted around everywhere i think if you look there are a huge number of three for ones that you can you can move on you know days where there aren't standout captaincy options that you can possibly roll the dice on so i think i think if you're sitting with a lot of transfers left it's not a disaster equally if you're sitting with very few transfers left i think you can look at the fixtures and think, oh, they're easy to cover. I agree with that. But if you are looking to make gains, I still think there's opportunities to do that. It's just that it's not as clear cut possibly as it would normally be.
1: No. And I think towards the back end of the season I've seen um Ian parent who's obviously very good at the fixtures, mention that he believes there could be a lot of uh, of game days to come in the in the later ends, where literally you've got teams playing every night that we've seen before, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday games, literally, um, which usually means single or even just a two games on one of those nights. So. There is going to be a lot more opportunity for gains because obviously, every time you've got a captain involved, you've got a potentially or a 30 40 pointer there, haven't you? You know, any time there is a single match day where you haven't got a captain and someone else has, you've got the potential to get smashed by 20 to 30 points. You know, it doesn't often happen, but it can happen. So, there's still plenty of gains, I think, to be had. Um, and, uh, and like I said, it's quite in- like we said right at the beginning, there's a few interesting new players that a lot of people won't be tempted to go for. So, Diaz, you a stuff like that. that- that are obviously playing for top teams, you know, in the front three. So we shouldn't really just turn our nose up at them straight away and just assume, you know, they're not options, because I think some of them can be. And there'll be more to come in the few in the in the weeks coming. I mean there's some teams as well out there that we've just been waiting for. You know, like Leicester and stuff where all season you just think are they going to sort themselves out? Are they going to work out what formation they're going to play? You know, Vardy came back in, looked good straight away and then got injured again. You know, there's there's teams like that where you think if they can just get that team sorted, you know, if Pats and Dakar is up front or whatever, and I'm not saying it is going to happen, but it could suddenly just click for a team like Leicester. They've got good players all over the pitch, you just don't understand why it's not happening, and they've obviously got the extra game, so maybe in a few weeks we're talking about Leicester because they've just suddenly turned it on and they found a, a solution that works. So, yeah, keep your chin up, I think there's plenty of opportunities still to come.
0: Great, and, and Leicester have still got a number of games to be rearranged. There's yeah. going to, at some point there's going to be an explosion of Leicester matches and it might be that and I heard another um podcast talking about this this week, you know, you might you want to have a couple of options for Leicester just because the rotation's significant. And so the last thing you want is to be out of transfer is you've gone for I don't know, you've gone for Madison and he finds himself on the bench in a in a game that's you know right at the end of the season, you can't afford to pivot to bring anyone else in. Mm. So um I I think patience is still going to be important. And I'll be very surprised if I've never heard before in this game in all the years i've played it of people getting to the end of the season complaining about having too many transfers like that it, just doesn't <laughs> no, it,
1: doesn't, it doesn't happen if you're engaged as much if anything it's completely the opposite um it's good that it's good that city and liverpool are still uh a lot closer than they could have been i mean a few weeks ago it was looking like man city could run away with it um you know and i think the Burnley game for man city if it goes ahead are slightly risky for rotation because it's just before champions league but I think from then on you know, they're going to be such important games if they want to win the league and the Champions League that you're going to likely get a more nailed eleven for Liverpool and City, which wouldn't necessarily be the case if one of them was running away with it. So yeah, that could be useful for saving swaps and maybe doubling down on some of these teams. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about at all now?
0: I think that's probably it in terms of the fixtures to come. Um, but I think you had some players that you wanted to flag.
1: Um, I think we've just ended up talking about him, to be honest. it was Dia- Diaz was the one who's doing really well in the expected goal involvement tables. He was quite high. Doherty was another one. out there, he's been popular in the FPL world. You know, Considering he's a defender, he's in sort of the top 12 or 13 players overall for expected goal involvement in the last 10 games. And this is players who've started a minimum of five, which I thought was pretty impressive. We all know what Do- Doherty is capable of. Those of us who have been around long enough have seen what he was capable for um, with Wolves Spurs have got some of these extra games I mean the thing is that the time to bring him was probably tonight as we were doing the pod if you were going to do it but it's interesting he's that high Harvey Barnes is very high on it as well we were just talking about Leicester I think of all the options he still just is the standout I think he's just their best player at the moment their best goal threat, and no matter what team they play I feel like they're going to find a way for him to play and your mate Havertz is right up there so in terms of just you know some differentials um, in the attacking sense I, I like Doherty, Barnes, and Havertz, and yeah, I think they're they're all decent. And Diaz, as I've just mentioned, yeah, all, all good options. Coutinho sat right up there, and then and the last one I wanted to mention actually on the list is Sancho, who's been doing a lot better in the last few weeks. I know Man United have been dreadful, but they have actually got an individual day coming up, haven't they? Redford, right yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not advocating going out and buying him, but his stats are are really good, and I think if you want to be different on that week, people will probably just flock to Ronaldo because it's default. Um and yes he got a hat trick the other day, but Ronaldo has been very, very poor in multiple matches, you know, in and around that. So I think Sancho maybe could be an option as well. Uh I did have the tackles up when there's just a player I wanted to point out which was Chaboloa, I just think he's seven point five million I think it is for Chelsea. We know he's not nailed and I don't think you should go and buy him at all, but he's so high up on the tackles for the last ten weeks as well, which is a bit strange for a he's not he's kind of a right sided centre back, but he's still a centre back. Um it's quite strange for them to be high up on the tackles. He obviously gets the passes and he's got a goal threat. This guy could is potentially the best sky asset ever to exist, you know, in a team like Chelsea. Um you know he manages to score all the time as well. Just not nailed, is he? But he's one to watch out for for the future, especially with the way Chelsea are going in their contract situations with Rudiger and Silvers obviously getting on. I think next season it'll be tricky for them to price a player like that. You know, I don't I don't know yeah. if they're gonna be signing or whatnot, we've got to bear that in mind. But if Chabaloa I don't think they can make him too much higher than that. I feel like he, at most he would be sort of around where Rüdiger is this season, at most 8.9. So I think very much he should be one we should be looking out for for next season. Any thoughts? I us? think you're right.
0: And actually, thinking even about this season, I think the Christensen, Christensen's probably, you know, one of his competitors for places. I think he's just gone off injured tonight. Shalabaz played. He was one of the only defenders, I think, that played back-to-back games uh, last week. I think he may get used more than, more than you think.
1: Yeah. so i
0: think he could be be a good option and look, there's there's plenty of other players to consider as well who possibly aren't at the moment i mean we've got reese james who has a huge ceiling in sky and in those weeks to come where chelsea assets are going to be the most captained he could be he could be the best captain so i think i think for me there are players that you can begin to look to who are alternatives and there's going to be a lot of opportunities between now and the end of the season to to claw back i would equally say if you want to play with a straight bat and, and play as conservatively as possible which is not a bad way of playing i think it's a good way of playing clearly also some of the best players in the game play that way yeah that you're you're not going to be too uncomfortable with what you see with the fixtures either so um i think there's something for everyone in what we've seen
1: yeah, it's just nice to try and think because all the pods I'm seeing, everyone's complaining that it's too template and it's too boring at the moment. But I just want to try and highlight a few that maybe will just, even if it's not this season, just something to look forward to. Mitchell's another one that was on this list, who's just credibly high for tackles. I did think he was going to do well at the beginning of the season at that price. Palace under Vieira have obviously improved massively. I just think next season he's, he can't, probably not going to go up too much. And we're going to get, I think they should have got a lot more clean sheets than they got this season so far. He's in a team that does a lot of passing, and if his tackles stay high, which they seem to think he's going to be a good pick and the very last one I wanted to mention is a defender that you mentioned to me just before again it's probably one to jump on it's Eric Dyer who yes Doherty's is the far more exciting pick there probably a little bit less nail, but he's not going to be getting passing bonus at all and that's something that Dyer has managed to do um, in fact if I bring up my screen share for the stats I've got I've sorted here by the last, so it's from game week 20 to 29. So it includes the it doesn't include the games that are playing tonight, of course, and that's 10 weeks in total, 20 to 29. And they've had to have a minimum of five games that they've played. And I've uh, sorted it by distribution per 90 and successful passes. And this is all outfield players. So Laporte sat right at the top, 86 passes, been there all season. Stones, Rodri, Dunk, Thiago Silva, all the obvious names. You know, Cancelo. There's Chaboloa there, as we're talking about, right near the top. But as you can see, just sneaking in here, Dyer. Uh, eric dyer 60 passes again spurs with the extra games and if you want to be that more conservative guy and don't trust doherty then i think he is an option it's just a shame that you probably needed to do it before this podcast went out but he's still he's still got some good games and uh, i actually quite like him as a cheeky pick because he's not that expensive
0: so yeah it's cheap 7.9 i think he he's a tier two passing bonus in three of the last four games and the one that he didn't get it was Leeds, and he got 57 and nobody gets that many against Leeds.
1: no yeah, point two percent of the top one K and takes the occasional free kick.
0: And <laughs> normally places them into Rosette. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let's
1: not talk about that. Take. He does take them.
0: He does take me. Brilliant. Um well unless there was anything else for you to to go through, I think. No, I think
1: No, I think that's it. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that guys. Just a few differentials. Sorry about last week, I had some other commitments, but we should be back next week. Um yeah, good luck with your Sky team and it's a goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye from me. Catch you guys later.